Welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. All the information you need to make the most of your fantasy football league with just a touch of sarcasm to keep you from taking yourself too seriously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Good morning again, everybody, and welcome to the show. It's Saturday, September, no, October. It's October. October 15th. Hence Oktoberfest. Ah. Oh, yes. Beer for Germans in suspenders. Correct. And shorts. Yes. Made out of leather. Lederhosen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Um <laughs> It's the Chatterhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Everything you need to know to get your weekend of fantasy football going, along with some um, some gambling. You know, I, I was thinking after last week, maybe we should stop with the fantasy football information and just do a gambling show. But then... Reality hit? I got slapped down to reality <laughs> after my... After that shit bowl two that was going on on Thursday in the NFL. Well, then, then, then you sit and think about it. If, if you really think about it, why in the hell are we betting on a Thursday night game that features the Chicago Washington? Because we're degenerates. It's ridiculous. I'm like, this is such a, nobody's going to score. It's not going to be a good game. I have questions. I'm glad that maybe some people haven't realized that, hey, we're putting up Thursday bets and everything. Oh, we're yeah. Putting up, I'm, I'm hoping that's what they did and they, they ignored my, my, yes. my uh, what was it? Where is it? Here, here we go. My seventeen Thursday night round robin parlay. You got one leg. I, I did. I got Justin Fields <laughs> over forty two and a half yards rushing because apparently he's a running back and not a quarterback. Oh now. man! How how can David Montgomery not catch three passes? In fact, he caught zero. Well, in well, because number one, they don't throw the ball. I mean, they don't throw the ball twenty times a game, even. <sighs> it's ridiculous. Justin Fields ran for forty three yards and or more than forty three yards. And he couldn't get a touchdown? Well, well, they did get a touchdown, but it just wasn't him. Well, when they got inside the goal line three times yeah. and didn't score three times, he didn't run the ball once, three times. The only thing he does well is run the ball. I needed, I need one more pass completion from Justin Fields so that he could have 15. That's all he needed, 15. <laughs> he couldn't do that. Uh, and then, did Antonio Gibson not play? No, he played. Just not much? He, How he, did he not get a touchdown? Well, there was well, only there was only one, and happened to be Brian Robinson's rotation. Uh, okay, we're 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 gonna pause the show for just a second. All right, sorry about that. You know, you didn't hear anything <laughs> because of the magic of editing. That's right. But I had to stop the show because I don't know why I stopped the show. I should have just talked about it because now I'm talking about it anyway. Neighbors selling their house, and they must have had a a problem in the attic with with possums. And there's like a live trap on the roof with a possum in it, looking around like, "How the hell do I get out of here?" <laughs> and he doesn't know. Anyways, where were we? Uh we were. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't oh, know. we were talking about the gambling. Oh yeah, yeah. How in God's name? You know. So. Couldn't get one more pass completion from Justin Fields. Cairo Santos, I needed two field goals and an extra point. Well, I got none of that. I'm going to say that wasn't happening last night. I needed, jo- well, I got a extra point. 
No, no, I didn't. They no. missed it. Yes, you're right. Because it was 12 to 6, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then Joe Sly, I got the two field goals, needed the extra point, almost had that, but they decided to go for two. So didn't even get that half a point. <laughs> what the hell? So after last week when we were both into the positive on earning money. Yeah. I just shit the bed. It's yeah. It's a, it's a tough uh it's a tough beat. And then you had one too that was you know, at least you had two, right? You won one bet. Yeah. Of your your parlay. Yeah. Out of a $460 bet I won $26. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually didn't win $26. No. No. <laughs> And there it is, the fun of gambling, everybody. <laughs> Be sure to check out the website where you can look at that and laugh at us just like we're laughing at us. <laughs> CFFpodcast.com. Everything we talk about is there. The the uh, Our bets, our, our rankings as far as where we thought everybody's going to finish in fantasy for the year, um, our gambling, and, of course, the Fantasy Girl, which is coming up a little later. See if Wayne can go... Two for two on perfect, perfect <laughs> guesses. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen. J- j- just like uh, winning in college football. Yeah, it won't be happening. Yeah. Well, we're gonna start with. Oh, you have questions, comments, concerns. None this week, but CFF Podcast at hotmail That's the Mission Barbecue email, and, or you can use the the Mountain Dew Spark fan line and leave us a text message or a voicemail four one four five two zero eight two four nine. Isn't it time for Mountain Dew to come up with a Thanksgiving? Uh, well, they have their 2022 voodoo flavor. Or the mystery the flavor. The mystery flavor, which is... Um, yeah, but that's Halloween. Yeah. it's No, Halloween's over. So are we going to have a pumpkin spice uh, I'm, Mountain Dew? This is what I'm wondering. Remember they had gingerbread last year? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still have a can or two of that downstairs in the fridge. <laughs> it's just gross. I but. can't give that shit away. <laughs> I'm thinking something cranberry, something. I don't know. Something I, for I, I finished up my final thrashed apple. I love thrashed apple. I, I did too, but I think that's the best one. Usually it's a good what, summer one. What I'll do is I'll take two cans and I'll pour it in a big glass of ice. I can't do that with thrashed apple. It's just no. way too sweet. Oh, okay. But you know. You what? got one you got one of your trucker one of your trucker <laughs> mugs with yeah. 147 ounces. <laughs> the super big ginormous gulp. I see guys carrying that stuff. I was like, they're carrying with two hands. I'm like, that's too much soda. That's why you look the way you <laughs> yes, do. Exactly. A walking diabetic. Lose three hundred pounds and you'll still weigh three hundred pounds. Good God. Uh but you know what? We haven't done this in a while, so before we get to the news, we're gonna get do this. My I've been so anticipating this. <laughs> you kids, get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said, get off my lawn. No. That's right. Get off my lawn. The once in a while little thing that we got going. And and I want to start. It, it's like three little things that we're going to jibber jabber back and forth with. Is that all right? All right. Start with this one. I mean, any, anyone could have seen this one coming. I mean, after after the players union got together and carpet bombed the situation <laughs> with fixes, Fix. my air quotes I'm making with my fingers, rather than actually thinking about what they were doing. So get ready for in the NFL where every little bump on the head during a game is now considered a concussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from that, well, I mean, it started with, with Teddy Bridgewater in, in that one Sunday game when he got hit. 
and hurt his back, not no, his head. No, not Teddy Bridgewater. No, uh, Tua. oh, Tua. But then Teddy Bridgewater was taken out of out of the Dolphins game this past Sunday. Uh, the major problem that is going to cause trouble for the rest of the season is that Bridgewater, he had cleared concussion protocol. So after being taken out, he cleared concussion. However, the NFLPA got together with the NFL and made up new rules. So due to the new concussion protocol agreed to last Saturday, that added ataxia to the no-go list. And what 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 the and what the ATC spotter saw in, in Teddy Bridgewater was was causing him to be ruled out was ataxia. So um, that's according to Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelsero. The NFLPA said uh, ataxia is defined as abnormality of balance and stability, motor coordination, or dysfunctional speech caused by a neurological issue. So if a player gets knocked down yes. and somebody's helping them up and they stumble a little bit. Yes. Oh, that could be a taxi. They're Gotta out. get that checked out. Oh, boy. And there's no clearing that. You are out. So from now on, you stumble. Even if you clear concussion protocols, you are out. So the, the NCAA revisits targeting. Yep. And says, you know, we were trying to take intent out of it, but you know, it's you know, it's just not the letter of the law. Let's do some intent stuff, and it seems to be getting better. Yep. The NFL, on the other hand, so naturally that led to another get off my grass little thing where where now every time you apparently hit a quarterback, it's going to be roughing the passer. I mean, unless you're Aaron Rodgers. Yes, because you can't levitate over the guy. You have to eventually land 350 on 350-pound guy, yeah. you know, you're not if supposed you, to. If you're running straight at him and you tackle him in form tackling, yep. you're going to land on yep, him. Yep, yep. you got to, yeah. Or if you're stripping the ball with one hand yep. and you have it in your arm, you're supposed to still not land on the quarterback. Yeah, somehow magically. So that all led to, well, Tom Brady actually got tackled, mm. but they threw a flag. And he was mad, On too. Grady Jack, Grady Jared. Grady Jared, yeah. So, I mean, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. But the <laughs> fact is, they did fine Tom Brady. Oh, did they? $11,000. Because what no one appeared to appear, appeared to see until afterwards was that Tom Brady tried kicking Grady Jared <laughs> when he was laying on the ground crying and whining. Um. So the word came out that he may be fine, and then yesterday it came down that, yeah, $11,000. So, I mean, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So $11,000 to him is what, like 25 bucks? It's walking around money. Well, until until Giselle takes half it's, of it. It's, it's what, what the kids call folding money. <laughs> so I And then Jerome Bolger, he was the referee in that game. And did you hear his explanation as to why Tom Brady got the flag? No. Well, because when you are a quarterback and you are in a throwing posture, you are afforded every protection of an un um, unprotected player. Is that oh, yeah? So apparently, Brady standing in the pocket like a statue, unable to move, is throwing posture. Okay. So I bring up the Aaron Rodgers thing from the New York Giants game in England. On that last play, Aaron Rodgers was actually trying to throw the ball. Right. And he just got 
leveled in a way that Tom Brady could never survive. <laughs> How was that in the Jerome Bolger definition of roughing the passer, a guy getting all the protections of an unprotected player, if yeah. you're in the throwing posture, how was that not roughing the passer? No, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, not that it would have helped, but I mean, if we're going to make up rules as we go. Is it only in the pocket? I, I, I don't know. This changes. I mean. He wasn't, because I understand, because this is the thing. Remember when Cam Newton was always saying, oh, I never, mm-hmm. I never get flags for roughing the passer. It's like, well, no, because when you're getting hit, you're running the ball. Yeah. Because I understand the thing where if you're running, you are no longer a quarterback. You are now a running runner. You're now a, yeah, a player. So you're not protected. Right. You're not protected once you're in running. But see, that, that's that's what I don't – it makes it difficult for me now because so many of the quarterbacks now are the you know Kyler Murrays, right. the Jalen Hurts, right. the guys that scramble around a lot. Right. And a lot of times they're looking downfield still trying to find a, a play before they take off and run. And, and if – if they're not running past line of scrimmage, then so let, let's say like Kyler Murray always does, he runs back and forth looking for a win, mm-hmm. or even Lamar Jackson sometimes when he decides to actually be a quarterback. So they'll run around behind the line of scrimmage, and as soon as he gets into that throwing posture, according to Jerome Bolger, he's a protected player. He okay. gets all the protections of a quarterback as an unprotected player. Mm-hmm. But see, I don't see it that way because I see a lot of the running. I see a lot of the running quarterbacks get hammered. Yeah, and but they're they're running down the field. No, right? no, no. When I mean, I mean, literally when they're still in the pocket. Okay, they're, they're they're like moving around, but because they're always moving around, they're always a threat to run. Right. I'm wondering if there's like, well, you know, he could have run. It's I don't. He could have run. Yeah, but was he in a throwing posture? Hmm. So I mean, because those guys, you know, even Patrick Mahomes. He's right. always in a throwing posture. He'll throw underhand, yeah. overhand, yeah. sidearmed, you know. Yeah. So we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to ask Jerome to uh define throwing posture. Yeah. Yeah, we need more more clarification. We need we need slow white guy Tom Brady throwing posture. <laughs> yes. We need black running back quarterback throwing posture. Well, see, it's the funny it's the funny thing because uh we were talking about the Chicago game. Yeah. And we need Taysom Hill throwing posture. <laughs> and we need Justin Fields throwing exactly. posture. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? <laughs> and but but I mean he's he's one of the guys that I saw that gets hit a lot. Even when he's in the pocket, he gets hit a lot and they don't call anything because right. well, you know, he could run. Well, he could always run. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll never know. I no. just I'm gonna watch this week and see how many just destroyed quarterbacks there are. Yeah. And especially if your name's like, you know, uh, Owen Mills or yeah, exactly. uh, one of these less. A really slow white. Yeah. A really, you know, you know, who's, who's the new quarterback in Miami? Oh, um, pretty sure he's PJ Howard. No, that's no, Carolina. That's Carolina. It's Skyler. Sky, something. Skyler. Yeah. He's a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, Skyler, I don't think he's going to get any protection. Skyler Thompson. Could be. Skyler. Let, let me, as you're doing this, let okay. me look it up. Yeah. Cause next one, we're going to go to a, a receiver who, Got into a little bit of trouble this weekend. Oh, a little, a little kerfuffle. A little last weekend. <laughs> Devontae Adams pushed a cameraman on his way off the field after a loss, and again Raiders lost again. 
Surprise, after, surprise. After the game, an angry Devontae Adams was leaving the field. While leaving the field, he was obviously having conversations with himself, wondering, <laughs> why in God's name did I leave the Packers in the first place? <laughs> On his way out of the stadium, he came into contact with a cameraman who was going the opposite direction of Adams. Adams is seen on the video shoving the cameraman to the ground only to continue walking up the tunnel to the locker room. Now, naturally, as you would expect, this was met with angry tweets from football fans and sports talking heads. After seeing these tweets, Adams was very quick to tweet out his own com- a comment of his own. He said, quote, sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game. Obviously very frustrated at the way the game ended, and when he ran in front of me, I exited, or I exited, uh, that was uh, something. That was my reaction, and I, and I felt horrible immediately. That's not me. My apologies, man. Hope you see this. Okay. Well, the, the guy couldn't see it because he was he was busy. On the ground? Get, he was busy getting to the hospital so he could get his <laughs> lawsuit started. So if that isn't bad enough, um, in this lawsuit world we live in, like you mentioned, the cameraman immediately filed a police report charging assault. Although he didn't immediately file a police report. No, it took a little time. He went to the hospital first. Yeah, he did all the things that a good and one of the guy, one of the um, guys. I think it's on. Um, the odd couple. Yeah. One of the guys is an, uh, an ex-lawyer made his money being a lawyer. Uh-huh. And he said he did everything exactly as I would have told him to do. I'm like, you think he wasn't talking to somebody? <laughs> Come on. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to make some money on this one. <laughs> and then after the police report came out, Adams went and deleted the apology tweet. Why not? That brings up a few questions from me. As you know, I'm the biggest skeptic. <laughs> of most everything that happens in society today. Here are my questions. Number one, Adam said he immediately felt horrible. Or I felt, yeah, felt horrible. If that is true, why didn't he immediately stop and help the guy up and apologize to his face? Maybe even offer him a pair of autographed gloves from the game. There you go, game worn. It would have it would have ended the situation right there. Post haste, as they say in the law field. Well, the guy, the guy's a, the guy's a stringer photographer who was working for freelance for ESPN. So, so, so he's looking for a paycheck. Yeah. Um, number two, why do people feel the need to do everything on social media? Oh God. I mean, seriously, an apology on Twitter. Yes. What if this cameraman doesn't follow you on Twitter? How is he going to see that? And why would he be following you on Twitter? (laughs) Number three, is there really a need for the cameraman to file a police report? I mean, really? You you got knocked to the ground. Did you? Well, there's there's three things about this that I, I don't know that everybody knows clearly. Number one, it's posted in that tunnel. Yeah. That they're that the media is not allowed in there. Oh, really? During certain times. And this was during one of those times. The guy wasn't even supposed to be there, number one. Oh. Number two. Oh, see? New information. See? Number two. I'm trying not to be on Devontae Adams' side on this. Number two, there's a second video. Uh Uh-oh. From behind. The Zapruder film? Exactly. Uh Uh-oh. So there's a a shot from directly behind Devontae Adams. Okay. That shows this guy popping into his screen of vision Uh from the side. Yes. So I, I agree with what he said about the guy just 
showed up. Somebody said he was he was um um like getting in guys' face, like he was like you know kind of ducking around guys, uh-huh. getting in their faces, trying to get their reaction, you know, trying to get oh, reaction to okay. photos. All right. So number one, he wasn't supposed to be there. Number two, he's acting inappropriately as I feel. Okay. Number three, the guy's the guy's a freelancer. I, I mean, I would say one thing if he was a regular guy, yeah. you know, credentialed, you know, regular type of guy. He's a professional media guy. He's yeah. Uh, he's and he's not supposed to be there. So I'm like, why is this even a question? Uh, Number one, it's, po- it's posted. He's not I don't want to be on Devontae Adams' side, really. But it's but it's clearly it's posted, <laughs> and and the, the the thing shows the, the 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 film shows that the guy came suddenly into his vision. Okay. Now I don't I don't agree that you know even if the reaction is because he's got his helmet on, his peripheral vision yes. isn't great. Yeah, probably true. Somebody flashes in front of you. Yeah, you might go whoa whoa whoa. You know, re- and like, put your hands out, and yeah. you know it might look like you're pushing the guy. Yeah. But to your point, why didn't he stop? Yeah. If he if he if felt horrible immediately. Yes. And and everybody's and this is the third thing. Everybody's saying, well, it, it, it's akin to. One of these guys on the sideline uh-huh. getting nailed, you know, like one of the mic guys or yeah. one of the camera guys getting run over happens the all the time. Dish and, yeah. Yeah. Although those guys always get helped up. Yeah. They always well, get helped up. I was just thinking the same thing. If that would have been a cheerleader. <laughs> exactly. He'd have been, I'm, I'm, he's a married, happily married yeah, man, but exactly. he would have been all over helping her up. <clears throat> yes. Okay. All right. And finally, I have three sections of lawn that people have been walking on, so I'm <laughs> on the third one. Trying trying to put up their, their political signs? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then their wife yelling, you got mud on your shoes. <laughs> yes, honey, sorry. <laughs> Did you hear Troy Aikman got roasted <laughs> for a comment during Monday Night Football? So funny. I love these things. We can't say anything anymore without no. without angering some little snowflake somewhere. So, so in his comments regarding the latest over policing of players tackling quarterbacks in the NFL, and wasn't this a Tom Brady thing? Yeah, was it? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, it must have happened in the game that they were. Oh no, it happened in the game because there was that. Yeah, on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he made the comment. Perhaps we need to take the dresses off. And there were two guys on the radio who were debating this. Yeah, and they were. And swear to God, I'm like, how are these guys not fired? But they're like, well, come on. Well, you know, you're going golfing and, you know, guy doesn't hit it past the women's tee. What do you say to him? And they're like, dick out. <laughs> oh, put my purse down. Oh, maybe, maybe I'll do this with my husband next time. Or, you know, like all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, this is things that guys say all the time. Yeah. But you're a media member. Yeah. You you have a national audience. Yes. I, I don't see anything wrong with what he said. I don't either. Yeah. But I also understand that you're in the position that you know there are things you can't say. Because, because, uh, I mean, the comment immediately was considered misogynistic. Of course, by by the sports talking community and one one of those sports talking heads in in general, who's a female. Yes. Oh, who is it? Um. Uh, her, her name is. Was it Josina Anderson or was it? Oh no, this is this is a, a writer, Bonnie. Oh, oh. Bonnie. Um. Bonnie Steernberg of Inside Hook. She made the comment saying. Maybe all those blows to the head during his playing days have scrambled his brain. Because that's not mean. Wow, that's, yeah. In this, in this, she wrote this in an article. I'm going to say, in this, in this day and age of, um, of, of 
of head trauma. Concussions and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's not, that's like calling somebody a retard or something. You know, it's like that's not good. So according to her, not as not as not only is he being misogynistic, to even call it sexist. And she continued in her article, which quickly turns into a rant on on everything that has been probably tearing at her craw for the last <laughs> past year or so. Yeah. And this was the perfect place for to let it go. She rants. The implication, of course, is that football is for big, tough, manly men and people who wear dresses are weak or soft. Well, I mean, that's not exactly what he said. No, but it's but, accurate. You know, but, yeah. She continues. Uh, how many How many female players are there in the NFL? Zero. Oh, well. We're, we're getting them on the sidelines, though, in ref outfits and, <laughs> yeah. and assistant coaching things. Yes. <sighs> she continues, it's sexist for one. There are plenty of remarkably strong women and non-binary people and men who happen to enjoy wearing skirts. Women have oh, whoa, been... whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> are we talking about Scottish people? <laughs> it gets worse. Women have been scientifically proven to endure more intense pain than men. So so here we go with the giving birth argument. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and and here's the woman that puts, puts all women back 100 years yes, exactly. because of their stupid arguments. She continued, and they do it while walking through life in a society that still refuses to pay them equal pay for equal work or grant them bodily autonomy. So, ah, yes, the equal pay and women need to be allowed to kill an unborn baby argument. Relevant, I think. No? No. Okay. <laughs> to he said, let's take away the skirts. Yeah, I'm not, you know. And it went on. Femininity has absolutely nothing to do with a person's level of grit. Equating dresses with players being coddled or playing too delicately is completely antiquated. And it ignores an entire world of women's sports populated by female athletes who play with the same amount of heart and determination as their male counterparts. Can I, can I just say one thing? Okay. Stereotypes are stereotypes for, for a reason. reason. Yes. Otherwise, it's, it wouldn't be stereotypes. It's not. Yeah, it's not. I mean, not trying to be mean, but in it's a generalization. It's not. I mean, they, they have generalizations about white men. Too. Exactly. So exactly. it's not like slow, we're like I'm calling them slow whites for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So so let's address that last comment about women playing the same way men do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hit you with some facts. Okay. Uh, don't hate me if you mu- or you can hate me if you must, but you cannot argue men and women are different. Get out of here. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna put that out there. Okay. Well, okay. men and women are different. I'll, I'll take it under consideration. <laughs> There's a reason why women are not playing football in the NFL, and it has nothing to do with equality. It has to do with certain things that are evident in every sport that is played by men and women. Golf. Women tee off much closer to the pin than men do because they don't have the same power, True. same strength, same abilities. And every woman that's played on the men's tour has failed miserably. Annika Sorenstam comes to mind. And there was the the Japanese gal? Oh, uh, Michelle Wee? Yeah. The Hawaiian girl? Who was, who was going <laughs> yeah, to be going to take over? Was going to take over? Yeah. <laughs> How'd that work out? Then we moved to basketball. Mm-hmm. Women's basketballs, I, are, do you realize this? They're smaller than men's. Is it? Yes. Wow. And, and when's the last time you saw a woman slam dunk a basketball? Doesn't happen a lot. What, and, and, yeah. and even the ones that are called slams are like my layups. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, Over the rim layup. Finally, tennis. Ah. Women play fewer sets per match than men do. No. 
there, I'm sure there's more sports. I just didn't have time or the yeah, yeah. desire to go through it all. But it's just fact. It isn't meant to diminish women. It's just fact. And I'm tired of having to apologize for men being different than women. And in the words of another great sportscaster, Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! That's right. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. I don't think anything came out of that. So we go with this and in, in, in other concussion news because this is going to be the new thing from now on. <laughs> You're just going to have to have a whole segment just on concussions. <laughs> we may never know if it was a concussion or not. Chris Olave was diagnosed with a concussion during his week five game. I guess we wait and see if this actually happened or not and see if he plays this week. But we'll, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. Kenneth Walker area era has finally started in Seattle as Rashad Penny suffered a fractured leg this weekend and Will require surgery, and he's done for the year. What? Rashad Penny got hurt? Yeah. Huh, that's yeah, weird. Yeah. Look for Penny to head to the injury reserve list. Um, like I said, he's done for the season. And if you were smart enough to draft Kenneth Walker in your draft this year, you now have a guy who has immediately become very valuable. Mm-hmm. I have a Kenneth Walker. You have a guy named Kenneth Walker. And I'm Walker. starting him this week. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> Speaking of guys that are finally making their debut is Brian Robinson made his career debut last week for the commanders after being shot three times in the leg. If you hate me right before training camp, he rushed the ball nine times for 22 yards. No idea if this means if he's going to be used more in the weeks to come, he was used on Thursday night, Mm -hmm. got 60 some yards yeah, and a touchdown and a touchdown. There you go. Cooper Rush continues to impress for the Cowboys. News from Dallas goes a little something like this. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott's thumb has been ruled out for week six's game versus the Philadelphia Eagles, but would need to make significant strides in order to play, according to multiple sources. So he's not going to play. No. Even though he has not been ruled out. I said he has been ruled, but it has not been ruled out. So I'm thinking... As long as Cooper Rush continues to win games, right, he's going to be in there, and that thumb's going to magically, yeah, as long still as, hurt. As long as they're still in striking distance, it's it's like in Cleveland. I mean, it's you know they're just trying to hang on until their number one guy can come back. Yeah, well, and I think as soon as Cooper Rush loses a game, yeah, that thumb's going to be feeling mighty better. Yeah, that's the pressure's going right? to ramp up. Yep. Wide receiver Jahan Dotson suffered a hamstring injury and is uncertain as to his timetable for return. He was a fantasy football talking head favorite amongst the crop of rookie wide receivers. And while he's out of action, it might be time to scrub the waiver wire to see if you can still find a Diami Brown, mm. who's likely the only available in non-dynasty leagues. Yeah, I would think so. Because Diami's in, 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 on a team in our league, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. I, 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 when I did my search, I did, he didn't pop up. So, uh, All right. Not only did the Panthers get rid of their head coach, they now look to be without Baker Mayfield, who is out of action with a high ankle sprain. Not that that's I'm going to say, how, how, would you know, how would you know the difference? <laughs> uh, uh, it's not close to returning to the team yet. Uh, either his ankle injury from his ankle injury. So uh, it looks like P.J. Brown or P.J. Walker. 
He'll be getting a start for the next couple of weeks because Sam Darnold's still not ready to go. Does he still have mono? <laughs> mono or can't play. <laughs> he just sucks. <laughs> so we have another sprained ankle. This time it's uh, T. Higgins. He played 10 snaps for the Bengals this past weekend against Baltimore, finishing with zero targets after aggravating the injury in the first corner. Mm. Look for the Bengals to turn to Mike Thomas to take his place. Were you able to find him on the waiver wire? I wasn't looking for him, oh. to be honest. All right. If you're an owner of Damian Harris for the Patriots, you may want to start scouring the waiver wire mm. for a replacement. Word is that he'll be missing some time with an injured hamstring. So concussions and hamstrings. hamstrings. Big time. Yep. Uh, Christian Watson, uh, I don't know, is he in your report? No. Because that just happened. He's he's missing this week. They're talking about shutting him down. Really? No. Oh, that's too bad. He was such a bright light of energy <laughs> and possibility. <laughs> uh, so look for even more playing time from Ramondre Stevenson while Harris is out. This news also means Stevenson could be considered a low RB1. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which leads us to this. They come and they go. At least that is a story for the likes of Marlon Mack, who was signed by the San Francisco 49ers a week ago, a few weeks ago. He didn't play much and was a healthy scratch last week, which led to his complete release by the team. What is the what is the salary for a guy that's on a team for three weeks? Is it good? Uh, well, I mean. Probably more than I make in a year. I am going to say probably for, yeah. Because he's getting he's getting roster uh, minimum for yeah. a vet, so wow. Hmm. Dallas tight. I should try that. I'll be a running back. Ooh, my hamstring. <laughs> yeah. Dallas tight end Dalton Schultz made it back to the field after a short time gone following an injured knee, only to now suffer a setback during his first game back with the team. He strained his PCL, but the good news is that he did not sustain any further damage. The team actually thinks he may be ready to go against the Eagles this weekend if he doesn't suffer any further setbacks during the week of practice. I haven't heard anything as of yet, so good luck. Yeah. yeah. News would scare me if I had him on my team. He's a tight end. Yeah, but you know, there's leagues where you have to start one of those things. I just pick up uh, Ferguson. <laughs> Looks like James Conner will be a no-go for the Cardinals this weekend with injured ribs. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's also unknown as of yet if he'll be missing additional games. This news means who? Eno. <laughs> Eno Benjamin will take over to backfield and rookie Keontae Ingram. What happened to... um? Should also get some work. What happened to Williams? Which Williams? They had uh, uh, Scooter Williams. No, Daryl. Daryl Williams. Oh, from the Rams. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. He was supposed to be the backup guy. Yeah. Well, maybe he's backing up the backup. <laughs> uh, I like Benjamin in a flex role against Seattle this weekend. That should be nice. All right. Here's a list of guys I'm going to name off. You let me know what position you think they play. Okay. Antonio Williams, Jordan Wilkins, Jordan Howard. A.J. Rose. All running backs. There you go. They were all brought in by the Saints this week. Wow. As uh, they lost two of their practice squad guys to other teams. 
nothing to really think about here for your fantasy team. Just, just some filler bodies that I wanted to get onto the air because it's probably the last time you'll ever hear from them. Exactly. <laughs> Which takes us to the must starts. Don't bothers for week six. We always start with the quarterbacks. And I have two this week. Geno Smith. Wow. I have to admit, I may have been wrong about this guy before the season started. <laughs> I thought Geno Smith was going to end up being the Geno Smith we all grown to know and love. Um, well, he has been delivering in a strong system with top wide receivers and he should get good volume opposite Kyler Murray this week. I don't see the Cardinals stopping him because their defense has not been very good at all. I also like Kirk Cousins. Oof. <laughs> well, 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 you can't go with the obvious guys. <laughs> You're scratching the barrel. Like, this, this is what I got, Kirk. Not only did he complete his first 17 passes last week, he also threw for over 300 yards. And you know what? I'll admit, that's more than I can say for Aaron Rodgers. Mm. There you go. This week, he draws a Miami defense that is looking horrendous in coverage. Look for the Vikings' run game to open up the passing game for Cousins. The Dolphins have given up at least 23 fantasy points of three of the past four quarterbacks they've faced. That includes huge games against Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, as, as well as 23 points to Joe Burrow. Your must start the quarterback. Okay. Well, we're going to start with, oh, yeah, Geno Smith. Woo-hoo. He entered the week as QB 10. Had another great outing last week uh, where he completed 16 to 25 passes. So three touchdowns, each for 35-plus yards and zero interceptions. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Uh, number two. For a game manager. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's time to get over the stereotype. Um, Kirk Cousins. Well, again, he's playing the Dolphins, are allowing the third most fantasy points against the position. Um, he finished as quarterback six last week and will rank, obviously, inside the top ten this week. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, mm, Jimmy G. Had his best week uh, so far this season in their victory over the Panthers. And um, his... Uh, <clears throat> strong chemistry with his pass catchers from, um, I think a time when he used to play with them. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're, uh, not, uh, playing a lot of tough opponents coming up. So he might be a guy to roster and keep for a there while. You go. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Which brings us to the don't bothers. My first one, Russell Wilson. <laughs> He's had fewer than 17 fantasy points in three of his past four starts right there. It's enough to, Say, okay, I can find something else than that. I can get Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> the offensive line cannot keep him from getting hit. It doesn't help that it seems like Wilson is trying to prove that he's a pocket passer rather than being the mobile quarterback that he's been throughout his career. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that Russell Wilson is not a pocket passer. He's too short and not as strong of an arm as you would think. Yeah. Until Russell can figure that out, he needs to stay on your bench. And my last guy, don't bother, Matthew Stafford. It's going to be a short short and sweet. Uh, it's truly sad state of affairs when you cannot even trust him against a team that just fired their head coach and defensive coordinator. Uh, Stafford is playing like a mid-tier quarterback through five games. He's not even a top 12 quarterback this season. In fact, he's 23rd amongst quarterbacks this year. And there's only 32 teams. (laughs) 
Who do you got? Okay. Well, we're going to start with uh, Jacoby Brissett. No. Not not playing great. Yeah. The Cleveland's still winning, but Cleveland's winning because of their running attack, not because of their passing attack. Good thing Deshaun might be back if he doesn't. Apparently, well, there's more sexual uh, problems there, huh? That guy, I tell you. Uh, number two, Zach Wilson. He's playing the Packers. That's enough said. No. Exactly. Actually, I'm saying... I'm saying the Packers defense gets well this I, week. I hope so. Um because they they held the uh defensive or the yeah, defensive coach's feet to the fire and he came out and said that they this have to be more Detroit. aggressive. This is Detroit. Yeah. Well, we don't like going 0 16. Well, so they're they're apparently going to turn up the the volume a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Right. I'm I'm trusting it. And number 3, Matthew Stafford. Yes. His offensive line is not protecting him. He's nope. forcing him to throw short. Now, that works with um, Cooper Cup. Yeah. But that's the only guy they got going right now. So, I, I yeah, I, I would sit Stafford until he shows he can do something. Yeah. My opinion. Let's move to running backs. First must start is a guy who's now the guy. The guy that's the guy. Kenneth Walker. Mm. With a loss of Rashad Penny for the season, Walker finally gets his chance to be the workhorse in Seattle. Now you will get to see why the Seahawks use a second-round pick on him. As a team, the Seattle running backs rank first in rush EPA, rush yards per carry, second in yards before contact per rush, fifth in yards after contact per rush, and fifth in 12-plus yard runs. Get Kenneth Walker in your lineup. I also like J.K. Dobbins. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens took him out of the game plan last week against the Bengals because they just let Lamar Jackson run. Look for them to correct that this week against the Giants defense that is very vulnerable to the power run. What? Wait a minute. What? If the Giants are susceptible to the run. I know. Why did the Packers pass? Hmm. Yeah. Curious. I know. Yeah. Well, my last guy, Tony Pollard. Pollard Ooh. is not so quietly mm. becoming the lead running back in Dallas. He has a very good history in his matchup against the Eagles. I like Tony Pollard a lot this weekend. Who do you have? All right. Well, surprise, surprise. I have a uh, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had eight carries last week for 88 yards. Not sure if you know the math. That's 11 yards per rush. That guy's uh, toting the rock a little <laughs> bit. Uh, most of it was on a, a 69-yard touchdown uh, scamper, but, uh, yeah, that guy looks good. Looks good. Number two is Ramondre Stevenson. As you mentioned earlier, Damian Harris is out. Um, That leaves all the carries to Ramondre Stevenson, so he should should mop up this week, I would think. And lastly, I got Mr. Jeff Wilson. Another game over 100 yards this week, Um, a rushing touchdown. He's giving up carries to Tevin Coleman, for God's sake. Yeah, he's like back on the team now. Well, because the coach loves the guy for some oh, reason. He's Jesus. had him on every team he's had. Ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't see any way that uh, Wilson doesn't uh, put up big numbers again this week. All right. Don't bothers. Mm. Start with James Robinson. He's become a touchdown or bust type running back. At best, he's going to continue to split time with Travis Etienne. Robinson has seen his playing time drop in each of the last four games. The Jaguars became uninterested in Robinson quite quickly last week. After the first quarter, Robinson totaled four yards on four touches. 
Now, quick math. That's a yard of carry. There you go. By comparison, Etienne had 48 yards on his first two carries. <laughs> my, uh, my last don't bother this week, Kareem Hunt. He faces a tougher matchup than usual this week against the Patriots. I don't like Hunt's chances at scoring this weekend, especially since he's seen just one goal line to go opportunity in each of the past two games with the Browns. Hunt's touches by week 12, 14, 15, 15, 15. That's good. Yeah. Scrimmage yards by week 70, 74, 61, 68, 57. That's not so good. And definitely going in the wrong direction. Correct. There you go. Who do you got? All right. Well, I got the Falcons running backs because there are running backs. <clears throat> you got Tyler Algier, Caleb Hunt- Huntley, and uh, Avery Williams. Uh, come on. <laughs> Pick a guy, for God's sakes. Well, when they all suck, it's well, hard. I don't. Um, uh, Algiers is actually playing quite well, but. They don't give him enough carries to make him worthwhile. Uh, and then I have the Jaguars running backs with James Robinson and Travis Etienne, both getting 10 carries last week. Uh, Etienne had three more targets, uh, receptions. Etienne carried, uh, had more offensive snaps, 40 to 30. It's just another ridiculous. Etienne's well, a stud. Just picking uh, Etienne yeah. is CEH number two. <laughs> Um, my third guy, uh, Jonathan Taylor, not only is he hurt, um, he's a game is he time, playing decision, this week? Oh, game time decision, game time decision. Oh, it's, um, he was, he, he, um, has, he's been practicing, but, uh, there's still concerns about the extent of his workload and he's uh, got a tough matchup. I, ugh. And you got the same. You got the same deal with Najee Harris. Um, also, they're saying he's not healthy. It hasn't been on the injury report, but he's saying he's not healthy. He's very inefficient. I mean, their offensive line sucks. Let's put it plain and simple. But if you can avoid playing him, I go. wouldn't. All right, which leaves us with with wide receivers. My first guy to start this week, Drake London. He has exploded recently and looked really good with the Falcons' offense. The 49ers cornerbacks are without Emmanuel Mosley with a knee injury. And based on that, uh, Marcus Mariota should be throwing a ton based on that game script. So Drake London. I also like Al Lazard. Looks like he all he does is uh, score touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> And against the Jets' defense, it should continue this weekend. He's quickly becoming the number one receiver as he continues to get healthier each week. Randall Cobb almost made my list. He Did he? 13 Yeah, that's not going to happen again. You don't think so? No. You don't think with Aaron that's going to happen again? Well, no, not if not if Allen is, is healthy. Okay. And finally, Gabriel Davis. He exploded again last week, much like he did against the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. He might not have the same explosion as he did against the Chiefs in last year's playoffs, but the Chiefs' secondary this week is primed to give a big yardage game to him that includes at least one touchdown. Did Did you see the touchdown he, or, that he had last week? Where he, Which one? Where he's going down the middle, Jeez. catches the ball, defensive back grabs it, mm-hmm. and he just rips he just it out rips of his hand. It's, and like, it's like, no, it's like, dude, this, I got this it. is mine. <laughs> that was so awesome. <laughs> Must start receivers for you? 
Okay, I'm going to start with uh, Jacoby Myers for the Patriots. Um, had an injury. He's back. He's uh, actually uh, played quite well with Bailey Zappi. So if him and uh, the Zapster have a um, good uh, connection, he had seven of eight, uh, caught seven of eight targets for 111 yards and a touchdown. Oh. So not a bad week, and I would look for more of the same. Um, I'm going to go with Darius Slayton. Who of course lit up the Packers for some odd reason. Six of seven targets for seventy nine <laughs> yards. Yeah. Hasn't hasn't done anything all year long. Well, because he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't played. Now they don't. <laughs> now they have no wide receivers. They have no choice. And oh, I guess he was good. Well, he can catch. Yeah. So I mean, you got Galladay with a knee injury. You got Tony with um, a hamstring. Uh, he was supposed to come back this week, but then apparently had a setback in practice. Uh, Wandale Robinson hasn't played since week one due to a knee injury. So I don't know. Um, lastly, Rondell Moore from the Cardinals. Okay. He, um, had an injury obviously early in the season. He came back last or two weeks ago. Last week he caught seven of eight passes for 68 yards. And that was against the Eagles. Uh, I think he's going to have, um, Another big game. I mean, he's got Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz for competition, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins isn't back until week seven, so we still got a couple more weeks we can play him. There you go. And we're going to finish this off with the don't bothers at wide receiver. My first guy, Garrett Wilson. He isn't getting much love from Zach Wilson. The Wilson brothers are <laughs> not getting along. He only had three catches for 27 yards in their game against the Dolphins last week. And he has just 10 catches in the last three games. My last guy, don't bother, DJ Moore. So we've already seen the Panthers begin to call Moore's number more lately. 19 targets in the past two compared to 18 in the first three games. Unfortunately, it hasn't led to a boost in his other stats. He's had 11 or fewer PPR points in each of his past two games. New Panthers quarterback P.J. Walker threw seven targets at D.J. Moore in his one start last year for an ugly four for 24, zero touchdown stat line. That is not encouraging. No, not impressive. All right, who do you got? All right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna go against you on this one. I've Uh-oh. got um, both Kyle Pitts and Drake London as don't starts. Oh. Um, they find themselves hampered because um, mm, their quarterback sucks. <laughs> don't don't care about the game script. Uh, Mariota is not. Uh, no, he's not good. <laughs> uh, also, going with the Steelers wide receivers, you got Chase Claypool, you got George Pickens, you got uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, you can throw in Pat Fryermuth, I guess, if you want to. <laughs> They, they're facing the highest-ranked passing defense, making it a tough day for Mr. Uh, what, I'm sorry, what's the rookie's name? Little little Hands? Little Kai, Kenny, Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett. Yes. yes. Having the tiny hand man throwing you the ball apparently isn't uh, all that it's cracked up to did be. You, did you hear they're looking at, chain, at trading away Trace Kutlapel? They were trying to trade him away in this preseason. Because hmm. he's apparently he's... I think he's up for a contract next year. Is he? And they're not going to give him one. Yeah, because he's, he's not a team player. Too much of, yeah, too much of a headache. So, hmm. yeah. Well, there you go. We just helped you win your week six fantasy football season game. Unless you have all those players on your roster and you're just kind of yeah, screwed. Yeah, screwed. 
So now we're going to help you pay off your home loan. Oh. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I got to warn you, Clark. They don't play the same games here that they do at them regular casinos. I'm going to remind you of this. Last week, if you would have bet with us, Wayne had a five-leg player prop, round-robin money, money line parlay. Um, the bet was $55. He took home $178.93. He had a, a six-leg anytime touchdown round-robin round robin parlay. Now, that bet cost you 10 took home 145 Not great, but, you know, wasn't horrible. We moved down to week four. A five-team reception round robin parlay. $130 bet, took home $383. He had a five-team quarterback round robin parlay. The bet cost $130. He took home $2,000. That'll never happen again. (laughs) He had a four-team player prop round robin parlay. Cost $55. He took home $302. And not to be outdone, I had a seven-team round robin parlay in college. Bet cost me $460. Took home $4,400. Every game was correct. Um, We'll skip over, you know, that one and that one. The bad ones and the bad <laughs> I had a six-team quarterback round robin parlay. Cost $210, took home $257. Made a little money. Yeah. My six-point teaser didn't come in very well. I had my, last week, my Thursday night round robin parlay. Uh, cost $255, won $2,024. So there's money to be made out there. there I is. finally figured out college football. I wish you'd let me in on it. <laughs> well, I'm, I I might have just like poked the gods in the eyes oh, right yeah. there. There you go. So my games from Thursday and Friday this week, I had five games, won four out of the five. That's making money. I lost, like I said, I got destroyed on my Thursday night player prop parlay. Yeah, as did I. But we're gonna, I, I was doing so well with player props. I'm like, ah, I gotta oh, try it. You know, I'm like, all oh, these sounds. This is nothing. How can he not complete 15 passes? Well, well there's a reason it was only 15. Well, it was in the, the Curtis Samuel thing. It was like oh, uh, four man. and a half receptions. Like, oh, he's gonna get that easy. He's dropping balls right and left. I'm like, okay, come on. Oh, uh, so the fix is in. We, it's it's kind of like golf though. Is gambling? You get a couple good shots. And it makes you continue to spend money. Yes. Right? Yes. So we're going to start with the college bets. Um, and this is what I have. I already told you about my Thursday and Friday night games, which are all done. Uh, this is what's going on today for me. I have six teams that I put into a degenerate round robin parlay. It's a $285 bet. If they all win, $3,000. And... You can win money by having just two out of the six win or three or four or five or six out of the six, right? Yep. First one, Mississippi, minus 14 versus Auburn and the under of 54 and a half. Auburn is one in five against the spread this season. That's not good. The worst cover percentage in the SEC, in fact. (laughs) 
Each of the last four games between Auburn and Ole Miss have gone under the total by an average of 16 points per game. So I feel safe with the minus 14 and the under. Next one, Clemson minus 3.5 versus Florida State. Clemson has owned this series, going 5-0 straight up and 4-1 against the spread in the last five games. The Tigers are also 4-1 against the spread in the last five in Tallahassee. One more number for you. Clemson is 33-7 in one-score games since 2011. Hmm. <laughs> Makes you go, hmm. hmm. Next one, Texas, minus 16.5 versus Iowa State. Texas, 4-0 against the spread at home this season and is one of two teams in the FBS with four home cover wins. Simple enough. <laughs> Next one is the one I'm a little concerned about. Alabama minus seven and a half versus Tennessee. I am hoping that uh, the Heisman Trophy winner quarterback is back playing this weekend. I know. It's a big question. We'll see. It's a game time decision. I know. I stayed away from that one. I I, I actually wanted to bet Tennessee because I'm like, oh, if, yeah. he if he doesn't play, Tennessee's going to roll on him. But, but e either way, Alabama is 11-4 against the spread against Tennessee under Nick Saban. Yeah. Tennessee, on the other hand, is 1-5 against the spread as an underdog under Josh Heupel. The worst such cover percentage in the SEC since the start of the 2021 season. In my final game, I'm back to giving some love to my second favorite team in the college football. I have Coastal Carolina <laughs> versus Old Dominion over 56 and over 56 points. When these two teams meet, you throw out the record books, people. Neither one has an extent. Extremely good defense, so there should be a lot of scoring going on. Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, over 56. What do you have for college? Are you going to keep the people worried? And I, sh I should have got in on that Old Dominion one. I got 57 <laughs> and a half as my line, so <laughs> I, I didn't get in quick enough. Um, I have a couple rum rum parlays. All right. Okay. I have... Um, I've Wisconsin, Michigan State over. This, this is my over under parlor, um, round robin. Okay. Wisconsin, Michigan State over 48.5. Oklahoma State and TCU over 68.5. Minnesota, Illinois under 38. Penn State and Michigan under 49.5. Miami and Virginia Tech under 48. And Washington State, Oregon State under 52. All right. My straight line round robin, Minnesota versus Illinois plus six, Illinois plus six and a half. Uh, I want to take that on the money line so bad. Uh, <laughs> LSU um, plus two and a half against Florida. Arizona plus 14 and a half against Washington. Oklahoma State plus four versus TCU. North Carolina versus Duke, Duke plus seven, and USC versus Utah, Utah minus three and a half. I then have one of your, I took one of your favorites. I took the Old Dominion North or Coastal Carolina game, mm -hmm. but I, I only had over set for 57 and a half. Oh, I got screwed on the. You might be all right with that too. Yeah. I got rice. This is my this is my no name round robin. <laughs> your fun uh, belt, your yeah. fun belt little thing. Rice versus uh, Florida Atlantic over fifty five and a half. Western Kentucky over uh, versus Middle, Middle Tennessee over sixty seven and a half or sixty seven. 
Ohio versus Western Michigan over 60, and James Madison versus Georgia Southern, which Georgia Southern is cl- quickly becoming one of my favorite teams, Really, by the way. They're, and, they're the Eagles, right? Yeah. Um, Georgia Southern, I think so. They're blue and white. I can't. I, think they're I look at so many logos. It's like the a, Eagles. They all blue together, yeah. blend together. Um, uh, then I have one more uh, no name. The the straight no name. I have Louisiana Tech versus North Texas. Tech North Texas minus six. Old Dominion plus twelve versus. Oh, I already have that. Oh, well, you have the over. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, but you're also taking a plus twelve. I'm taking Old Dominion plus twelve over my favorite team. Uh, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> Betting on Coastal Carolina hasn't done me any good. So, uh, Charlotte plus uh, 23 and a half against UAB. Uh, University of Louisiana Monroe plus 17. So you can you're tell going with all the no names. I, I, took, well, I took a lot of a lot of big um, underdogs. Okay. Uh, versus South Alabama. Miami minus seven versus Bowling Green. Um. Northern Illinois versus Eastern Michigan minus three and Louisiana Tech, uh, North Texas minus North Texas minus seven, and then I, I have a round robin parlay which is Michigan minus two sixty, Utah minus one sixty, Florida State plus one forty five, Arizona plus four thirty. I fully expect Arizona to lose, but <laughs> gotta, yeah, you'll get some. You, you, you got to juice it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, Bowling Green uh, plus two ten. Western Kentucky or uh, Kentucky, just Kentucky, plus one hundred and fifty, and BYU minus one hundred and ten. Lastly, I have my round robin. So there goes all your profit from. Well, <laughs> either that or I make some money back. I don't know. Um, round robin player parlay for the NCAA. Uh, I have Jaden Ott from Cal over ninety-seven and a half rush yards. Graham Mertz <laughs> over two two hundred twenty-five Passing yards. Jaden DeLora from Arizona, over 286 and a half yards passing. Uh, Michael Meyer, um, I hate taking guys from Notre Dame, but yeah, of course. Uh, over a half receiving touchdown. And Tavion Thomas from Utah, over 81 and a half rushing yards. And you will text me all those. I correct? will text you all that. All right. I wouldn't expect you to remember it. They're, they're, they're one a grand, mm. something like that. I'm up too, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're fine. <laughs> and that, that, that leads us to the NFL, and, and I, have, I have a question for you to see if you can answer this. I know it's off the, off the cuff right away here. Okay. But when, you, when you lose $460 in a Thursday night uh, round-robin parlay yeah. in the NFL, what do, you, what do you normally do? Double down. At least double down. <laughs> double down. <laughs> double down till you hit. <laughs> So that's what we're going to do. I'm doing my five-team underdog money money line round-robin parlay. This is the ones I'm going with this week. Jacksonville over Indianapolis. New England over Cleveland. Dallas over Philly. Kansas City over Buffalo. And the Giants over Baltimore. Now, you don't need them all to win. This is only a $55 bet. This is one of the cheapest bets you're going to get from me this weekend. Actually, no. My next, my six-point teaser parlay is only a $5 bet, but, you know. This is one of the cheapest ones. But all you need really is three of those five to win, and you're going to double your money. That's not bad. Not bad. Okay. Move to the six-point teaser. I'm getting Jacksonville plus eight and a half. Kansas City plus nine. Dallas plus 12 and a half. 
San Francisco plus a point and a half versus Atlanta. New England plus nine versus Cleveland. Green Bay minus one versus the Jets. Minnesota plus three versus Miami. And Cincinnati plus four versus New Orleans. Like I said, that's a $5 bet. If they all win, $80. Can't go wrong, right? Nope. Which then brings us to, <clears throat> I have a seven-leg round-robin player parlay. It's okay. anyway. oh, I, got, I got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> I got seven, too. So we'll see, we'll see if I got any of the same ones you do. Seven-leg, it's my quarterback round-robin oh, parlay. I won't have the same ones. All right. I have Joe Burrow, over one and a half passing touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, over one and a half rush yards. Ooh. Huh? Yeah, I guess the Jets. Yeah. Good, yeah. You could fall for two. Yeah. Tom Brady could do that. <laughs> Daniel Jones, over one and a half passing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, over a half of an interception. Patrick Mahomes, over 36 and a half longest pass. Josh Allen, over 38 and a half longest pass. And Jalen Hurts, over one and a half pass touchdowns. Again, that's a little more expensive. You can mix and match that however you want. You can do is pick as many of those legs as you want. <laughs> but the way I have it, it's a four and sixty dollar bet, but brings home almost ten grand if they all come in, or some of them come in. Which leads us to our game picks. I have I have eight that I'm going with, and they are all um, a side and an over and under. So it's only four games, but. We're going with an over and under on also on both of them also. We're starting San Francisco minus five and a half versus Atlanta. And I'm going the under 44 and a half. So I like the Niners to win this game with their amazing defense and turnovers. Travel isn't going to be a problem for Frisco as they have stayed on the East Coast after their game last week against Carolina. I also like the under in this game as Atlanta isn't really able to score tons of points and San Francisco is going to control the ball on the ground. My next game... Cleveland plus three, I mean, New England plus three versus Cleveland and the over of 42 and a half. I, I, I cannot figure out how the Browns are favored in this game at all. No. Did, did the Patriots just come off a 29 to zero <laughs> clubbing of Detroit Lions or did I miss that? The Browns are not good. Browns got some key defensive players back last week and they still got throttled on the ground. I love the Patriots in this game and I like the over a lot. Then we have Minnesota minus three versus Miami and the under of 46. There was a big swing in the line in this game, mainly due to the Miami quarterback situation. No. There are just too many question marks on the Dolphins right now for me. Oh, by the way, Skylar Thompson is the guy. There you go. That's the quarterback. Yeah. Carolina plus 10.5 versus the Rams and under 42. The game is exciting from a spread perspective. The Panthers have been woeful both in real life terms and and against the spread as of late. They are 1-4 against the spread and straight up this season and are in the midst of cleaning house. They're also likely starting P.J. Walker on Sunday. Uh, meanwhile, the Rams are a shell of their Super Bowl winning selves and are also 1-4 against the spread this season. Trusting them with 10.5 points is a big ask. The Rams win this game, but not by 11 or more points. And there you go. Hey, give me your list of long NFL. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you my NFL because I have a few more things I have to look up. 
tweet put together. I, I just, well, you have till next tomorrow anyway. I, I want to share this one little nugget. Though. Okay, I found I found this on one of the sites that I, I use. Uh, the thing was fade teams coming off a game in a party city. Fade teams coming off a game in a party city. Okay, so this is the thing: Seattle and Dallas are both off playing in New Orleans and Los Angeles last week. Okay. In the past 20 years, teams coming off playing in a party city, which we are designated as Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Miami. Okay. Are Not Chicago? No. Hmm. Chicago's a shit city. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's the windy city for a reason because it sucks. <laughs> um, anyway, those, those te- teams playing coming, coming off games in those cities are 239 and 329 and 15 against the spread. It's 42%. Teams coming off a road game in a party city are 3, 9, and 1 against the spread this season, and 49, 76, and 4 against the spread since 2019. So you have the Seahawks versus the Cardinals and the Cowboys versus the Eagles. Wow. So I'm going to come up with something on using that info. On the party city round robin. Yeah. Okay. But now my my one round robin that I will give you right now is I do have my player prop. And in the business, we call this a tease. Yes, we do. (laughs) I have Nick Chubb over 89 and a half rush yards. Garrett Wilson, who you mentioned earlier, under four and a half receptions. Aaron Jones over 59 and a half rush yards. If Matt LaFleur does not learn his freaking lesson and stop coming to the podium after the game saying, oh, we uh, forgot to run the ball. We forgot. You did forget the week before when you lost yeah. or when you barely won. <sighs> anyway, Sorry, we, 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 yeah. we digress. Uh, Jalen Waddell under 56 and a half yards. Again, we don't know who's throwing the ball. We have no idea who they're going to throw it to. Who is a Skylar Thompson? Uh, no idea. <laughs> Honestly, no idea. I have Patrick Mahomes over 23 and a half rush yards. I have Jeff Jeff Wilson over one and a half receptions. And I have Kirk Cousins to throw an interception, or no. you can say over a half reception or interception. Go. That's my seven. seven All right. Gotta be fun. Gotta be fun. And there you go. You, yeah. you can't make money unless you spend money, from what I understand. That's what they say. And it's only gambling if you don't know what you're doing in. We clearly don't know what we're doing. Well, we're up and down on this. Well, we're staying lucky this year so far. We're in the positive territory. That's correct. The both of us, after six weeks. You can't go wrong. (laughs) Let's market this while we can. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So it's time to get to the club and enjoy this victory money, people. Time for the Fantasy Girl, the longest-running episodic segment of this podcast, and the most popular. And we get to see if Wayne can go two for two on measurement guessing. I'm guessing no, but no, this, you're one, this, no? One, this one looks a little tricky. A little tricky, yeah. Uh, you can check I, I think, her out. I think you're trying to trick me again. You can check her on the website cffpodcast.com on the Fantasy Girl page. Um, I'm also thinking of maybe changing the theme song for the Fantasy Girl. Really? Yeah. We make it into something like we do for Get Off My Lawn or something. Okay. All right. All right. Because, uh, you know, although it is a club song, you know, and we're in the club, 
we don't want to just think that beautiful women are only in a club, right? Oh, good point. Yeah. Might well, be a little more. Getting, getting soft and squishy. There you go. This week, our fantasy girl people is Danielle Knudsen. Yeah. Yeah, dare <laughs> Yeah. She was born in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada on July 17th, 1989. She's a model and social media star, in case you were wondering. Where else but in Canada they have cities called Red Deer <laughs> and Moose Jaw? Yeah, it's like come on, <laughs> Turkey Trot. Yeah, they got they got you know. Oh, oh look over there, there's a Turkey Trot. <laughs> oh, this will be now Turkey Trot Canada, <laughs> Turkey Trot Saskatchewan. Jeez, oh, <laughs> she's probably best known for her Instagram account, which is followed by over five hundred thousand peoples. Mm. If I looked like her, I'd have five hundred thousand followers too. <sighs> yes. She became interested in sports while attending a local high school at which she played soccer and tennis. Soccer, not a sport. Mm-mm. Stop it. Already. Can't use your hands. No. Well, except for the goalie. But then. Yeah. yeah. They have to wear big like, oven Funny. mitts. Yeah. Mickey Mouse gloves. <laughs> yeah. And she was also a cheerleader. Now that's a sport. There you go. Danielle was interested in various other activities such as singing, dancing, and acting, appearing in school plays. Uh, it was during her final year that she began going to the gym wanting to shape her body because it was necessary for her prospective modeling career, which she'd launched three years prior at the age of 15. Mm. Danielle's modeling career was officially launched when she became the face of Guest Jeans Spring Campaign. And after gaining recognition, she was also invited to pose for various magazines, including Sports Illustrated. She has also walked the, the catwalks for such brands as Acacia and Beach Bunny. The Canadian model and social media star stands five feet, nine inches tall. Blonde hair, brown eyes. She weighs 128 pounds, wears a size four dress, size seven shoe. Her measurements are, Wayne always starts at the waist. I am... <laughs> I'm torn, torn. I'm going to go 23. Close enough, 24. I was going to go 24, and I'm like, nah, Damn nah, it. I can't be. Um, been four for four. <laughs> I know, right? Would have been some kind of record. And out of top. We're going to go 34. 33. Oh, wow. She's a 38B. Wow. All right, so this is this is the part that I think could get me in trouble. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say... Th- I'm going to say 35. Uh, 33. Wow. 33, 24, 33. Daniel Knudsen, your fantasy girl of the week, everybody. Check her out on our website, CFF Podcast, along with all the other fantasy football stuff. Get our 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 bets for college and pro football this week. Um, I will have Wayne's up there by the time this podcast is published. Boom. And you can check out everything else on there or, or see how our rainbow bets are going. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win that Christian Watson one now. I think I'm going to win the one with the Packers uh, wide receivers versus. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Now you think he's going to get suspended for six games? Who? Devontae Adams. Don't we have one where I, I took Devontae Adams and you, you took the Packers wide receivers? Oh, we never really took that one. 
I think we have to go back and listen. No, because I said I'm going to look at this, and or was yeah. that a different one? I think it's a different. I think you have you, to find a different you, you find that because I, I think I have Devonte Adams in something. No, I have Devonte Adams. You oh. have the Packers wide receivers, all the rookies. Okay, not going to equal what he did. I think his average. The only thing I have with the rookie receivers is they have to get more than a certain number of catches, two to three. No, so so many. It had to be yeah, two out of three. Yeah, touchdowns, receptions, and or yards. yards. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's against Devontae Adams' totals. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's not. Let me. Here, this is why we have this stuff all listed right. on the website. That's right. You go there. Home. now. And it's I'll... on the whole page, people. You can follow along if you want at home. Ah, oh, look at all the wings. Packer rookie receivers will combine for two out of three. Yes. 1,101 yards. That is Devontae's average for the last three years. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. 89, 89 receptions. Devontae's average for the last three years. Oh, okay. And 11 touchdowns. Devontae's average for oh, the last three okay. years. I didn't know it had anything to do with. <laughs> oh, I was wondering where you came up with these numbers. Like why one thousand one hundred one? Why his, not just eleven hundred? It was his average. Because they're going to get a hundred eleven hundred yards. I'm going to lose that some bitch <laughs> by, one, by one yard. <laughs> like I did with Justin Fields. <laughs> ah. Okay, that's where. Okay, yes, so, you are correct. We have that yes, bet. Thank you. I think I'm going to do fine on that one. All right. <laughs> that's it. You got questions, comments, concerns? You know, you got you want to get in on some of these bets. Let us know. CFF podcast at hotmail.com on the Mission Barbecue email or the Mountain Dew Spark fan line 414-520-8249 for your voicemails or text messages. We'll play them and answer them on the air. Hey, and somebody's got to find Dr. Pepper Berry. Yes, I can't find that and anywhere. And tell me where they're getting it because I see it online, but I cannot find it in a store. Well, you know that McDonald's, we talked about this already. They came back with their bagel sandwiches for breakfast. Oh, yes. I did hear that. Their most popular steak, egg, and cheese bagel well, sandwich. It, it was the best thing they had on the menu. Why would you take it but off? But only in only in specific locations. Oh, really? So apparently Wisconsin is not one of their chosen Oh, we're ones. not in the... No, we're not liked by we're not. We're not a test market? No. So that's it for the show this week, everybody. We uh, hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, just be good, okay? See ya!